Good afternoon, everyone, and welcome to Snapshots Live, San Francisco Public Works' monthly webinar series. My name is Ben Peterson. I'm on the Public Works communications team, and I'll be hosting today. We have a great show uh, set up for you today with Joe Chin and Ignatius Tsang from San Francisco Public Works, as well as uh, Kathy Jung from the Department of uh, Public Health. Uh, they'll be talking to us today about their recent projects, renovating and rebuilding the city's um, community health centers. The presentation should take about 30 minutes with 15 minutes after that for Q&A. So if you have any questions, feel free to submit them either via the chat or the Q&A button at the bottom of your screen. So um, without further ado, let's get the show started with our first presenter, Joe Chin. Take it away, Joe. Great, thank you, Ben. Can you hear me? Yep, we can hear you, Joe. Okay, great. So I just wanted to do a sound check. So good afternoon, everyone, and thank you for attending today's webinar. My name is Joe Chin. I'm the Public Works Program Manager for the 2016 Public Health and Safety Bond Program. And thank you again for this opportunity to share some of the great projects Public Works have been involved with on the Public Health and Safety Bond Program, or PHS for short. Let me first start by providing some general information related to the 2016 Public Health and Safety Bond Program. The PHS Bond Program was approved by voters in November of 2016 for an amount of 350 million to fund capital projects related to public health and safety. This bond program allow, follows the 2008 SFGH rebuild program that provided funding to build a new acute care hospital on the Zuckerberg San Francisco General Campus. The PHS program provides funding for six main components for three client departments, Department of Public Health, San Francisco Fire Department, and the Department of Homelessness and Supportive Housing. The six bond components are ZSFG Building 5. For those that are familiar with the ZSFG campus, Building 5 was the former acute care hospital until the new replacement hospital was completed in 2016. Southeast Health Center, Community Health Centers, Ambulance Deployment Facility, the Neighborhood Fire Station, and Homeless Service Sites. The ZSFG Building 5 component carries a budget of $222 million, which is the lion's share of the PHS funding. This component is tracking 19 core projects with many of the projects focused on DPH's vision to convert this 1970s building into an updated ambulatory care center by consolidating clinical services under one roof and to update the building's infrastructure. One of the main projects that's currently underway is a seismic upgrade of Building 5. Other projects include the, the relocation of Public Health Laboratory from 11 Grove Street and relocating Dialysis Clinic from Building 100 to Building 5. Other upcoming projects include relocating Family Health Center from Building 80 to Building 5. The Homeless Service Site component carries a budget of 20 million and is tracking five main projects. 440 Turk Street was one of the first projects out the door and it was completed in 2019, which, which created the new administrative office and client access point for HSH. 106468 Mission is currently in construction and is a joint project with DPH that includes building out new office space for the San Francisco Homeless Outreach Team, SFHOT, and relocation of the Tom Waddell Health Clinic. Many of the HSH projects are partially funded by the bond program and includes funding from other fund sources. The Ambulance Deployment Facility project carries a budget of 48.6 million and consists of constructing a new state-of-the-art essential facility that will be used for the parking of the ambulance fleet and restocking of the ambulances as well as providing spaces for training, conference rooms, and other administrative functions for the San Francisco Fire Department EMS group. I also want to give a quick shout out to the ADF team 
for completing the project on May 4th, followed by a successful ribbon cutting ceremony this past June. The neighborhood fire station component carries a budget of 9.4 million and consists of two categories of scopes. Scope one is the removal of the existing host towers to improve the seismic safety of the fire stations. This will occur at fire stations 6, 11, 12, 15, 21, and 38. Scope number two is the replacement of the existing emergency generators. This scope is currently planned for fire stations 18, 37, and 44. Last but not least, the neighborhood health clinic component carries a budget of 50 million and provides funding for three main health centers, Southeast Health Center, Maxine Hall Health Center, and Castro Mission Health Center. Southeast Health Center includes the construction of a new health center adjacent to the existing clinic. Maxine Hall and Castro Mission project scopes include seismic upgrade as well as major interior renovation. At this point, let me turn over the presentation to Kathy Jung, who will be discussing how the community health center clinics fit into the overall San Francisco Health Network healthcare system and DPH's vision for these community health centers. For many of you, you may automatically connect DPH to the Zuckerberg San Francisco General Hospital just because ZSFGH tends to be a much more, tends to get a lot more recognition than community health centers, as is the only trauma center hospital in San Francisco. However, I hope after today's webinar, you also learn about a smaller but equally as important healthcare service provider within DPH. Kathy, take it away. Thanks, Joe. Good afternoon, everyone. Thank you for joining us this afternoon. I'm Kathy Jung, the Director of Facilities and Capital Planning for the Department of Public Health. Since 2016, I've been working with our DPW partners to develop and deliver these three primary care clinic projects. The three clinics are part of the San Francisco Health Network, which comprise the direct health services provided by the department. The network includes 10 community-based primary care clinics and two hospitals, Laguna Honda Hospital and Rehabilitation Center and Zuckerberg San Francisco General Hospital, which is the only, as Joe said, only trauma center serving all of the city and northern San Mateo County. Annually, we serve more than 100,000 people in our clinics and hospitals. We provide continuous care for people wherever they are in the clinics, hospitals, at home, in jail, or transitional housing. As the city's public health system, we also provide mental health and substance abuse care to any San Franciscan who needs it. This short video will give you some insight as to the scope and breadth of the services that the network offers across San Francisco.
Our 10 community-based primary care clinics are geographically dispersed throughout the city, including locations in the Tenderloin, Western Edition, Portrayal Hill, The Mission, The Bayview, Chinatown, and The Sunset. San Francisco Department of Public Health's True North mission and vision are summarized in this visual triangle. Our mission is to protect and promote health and well-being for all in San Francisco. Our vision is to make San Francisco the healthiest place on earth. True North is a set of ideals which serve as a compass for getting to DPH's ideal state that we are continually striving towards. These ideals serve as the basis for strategic planning and guiding leadership in setting priorities and metrics across all levels of the organization. While departmental tactics and strategies may change, the ideals do not change. The six true north pillars are, one, safety and security, the goal being to ensure safe environments for our clients, patients, and staff. Two, health impact, to improve the health of the people we serve. Three, service experience, to provide the best experience for the people we serve. Workforce, to create an environment that respects, values, and invests in all people. Five, financial stewardship, to ensure a transparent and accountable stewardship of resources. And six, equity, to work towards eliminating health disparities in our communities. Next slide, please. In June 2016, DPH undertook a week-long 3P workshop with the goal of creating a conceptual future state where both process and facilities design supports an integrated and collaborative team-based care model that emphasizes human interaction, seamless flow, efficient configuration, and physical safety. For purposes of the workshop, 3P stood for product, process, and plant. Teams in 3P are designed for better problem solving by including people from different backgrounds and experiences within and outside of the department. It allows for prototyping and simulation to be done by the people that are closest to the work, our patients, providers, clinical administrative staff, clerks, and eligibility workers. Members of the design team were also included in the process. The conceptual future state that was created by the 3P workshop translated into a basis of design for all three of the primary care clinics supported by the 2016 bond. Next slide, please. Key, thing, key themes that came out of the workshop and drove the base of, of design for all the clinics included, one, establishing what we've referred to as on-stage and off-stage areas that separate patient and staff spaces. In the diagram to the right, clinic spaces accessed by patients are shown in yellow and staff exclusive areas are shown in orange. This separation includes separate staff and patient, patient entrances, which enhance both privacy and safety. Another significant element was creating patient care pods, which is a combination of medical exam rooms and behavioral consultation rooms with a staff collaborative area in between. The collaborative area is comprised of non-dedicated workstations shared by all staff that are involved in caring for patients, including but not limited to physicians, nurses, behaviorists, pharmacists, and social workers. This close proximity of staff to one another allows for better communication and warm handoffs, which allows patients to stay in one place when receiving services from multiple providers. Providers enter the exam room 
in consultation rooms from the collaborative orange areas while patients enter the patient rooms uh, from, the yellow, from the corridor shown in yellow. Another major goal was to design universal rooms that are flexible and adaptable as needs may change in the future. Next slide, please. The three clinics that are currently in construction are Southeast Health Center in the Bayview, Maxine Hall Health Center in Western Edition, and Castro Mission Health Center in the Castro. Next slide, please. We are looking forward to celebrating the reopening of Maxine Hall with a formal ribbon cutting ceremony next month. The plan is to reopen the clinic to patients in October. Located in the Western Edition for more than 50 years, the clinic serves about 3,600 patients annually. Services include regular checkups, prenatal care, women's health services, behavioral health services, short-term counseling, access to basic resources, and nutrition education. Next slide, please. The scope of renovations include seismically retrofitting the building, expanding clinical spaces, accessibility improvements, and upgrading the fire life safety systems. The total project cost is $19.5 million. Project benefits include improved clinic workflow that benefits patients and staff, seven new exam rooms and larger exam rooms that will be able to accommodate patients and their family members, new group therapy spaces, and updated facilities for staff. Next slide, please. Ignatius. All right, thank you, Kathy, and uh, welcome. Uh, I am Ignatius Sang. I am CPW's uh, Bureau of Architecture's uh, Senior Architect, uh, responsible to bring about the transformation of the neighborhood health clinics. Our clinics are over 50 years old and had no major renovation. As per the name of the 2016 bond, we are updating our clinics to make them safe and healthy. But more importantly, we're going to implement DPH vision of a patient center and team-based care model as described by Kathy. The concept is very simple. It's like students stay in their homeroom and the teacher comes to them. So the patient goes to the exam room, doctors and nurses and other care providers will go to the patient. This will reduce the anxiety and the confusion for the patient because they don't have to schedule multiple visits, come to the clinic multiple times, and then they don't have to run around to find the next uh, uh, appointment. And the providers are able to care for their patients holistically when they are integrated and in the same space. Maxine Hall Health Center is the first of the three health clinics. It was designed by BOA. This building needs a complete building overhaul in order to make in order to do that, we have to relocate the health program into trailers to maintain full and continuous operation for our patients. The photo on the right are the trailers that I was talking about. Uh, the building structure needs to be seismically strengthened 
And so the photo on the left, uh, we're going to create the new concrete shear wall uh, in the building exterior. As you know, shear walls are pretty blank and, and not uh, good looking. So we're able to cover up these shear walls with murals. The design of the murals are by Wing Eng, one of our famous local artists. Some of you may remember uh, the store Taylor and Eng, a boutique store with very well designed products. One of the important aspects of remodeling is to improve access to remove barriers. So by creating a new elevator and correcting the slope of the ramps, uh, uh, some of the things we, we are doing. But before we can do any work, uh, we must abate all hazmat material, not only to protect the uh, contractors who are working on the project and also for the return occupants of the clinic. The photo on the left shows the hazmat containment and the photo on the right is the new elevator hoistway. To improve air quality, we are adding new HVAC for the clinical area. We were asked to switch to electrical equipment, uh, but we were not able to do that because we are too well uh, in the way of getting our building uh, permit. To create a new team-based care model, we reconstructed the entire second floor. The photo on the left shows uh, wall framing and the photo on the right shows the team uh, space. To reduce energy consumption, we replace all of the exterior window with double pane glass and refresh the PV on the roof. So the photo uh, on the left shows the new window replacement and the photo on the right shows the PV on the roof. Kathy? Thanks, Ignatius. Southeast Health Center has been located in the Bayview Hunters Point since 1979. Services include care for common illnesses, confidential HIV testing and counseling, pregnancy testing, prenatal care, mental health services, and vision care. The scope of work for this site is being completed in two phases. The first phase was an update of patient waiting areas in the old existing building, as well as a total renovation of the dental clinic. Phase two is the construction of a new two-story, 22,000 square foot clinic. Total project cost is 42.5 million. The new clinic provides a state-of-the-art con clinic configuration that supports workflow efficiencies, safety and security, and great patient experiences. It includes larger patient rooms to accommodate patients and their families, space for group therapy sessions, and large flexible multi-purpose rooms for use by the clinic and its community partners. Back to you, Ignatius. Next slide, please. Thank you, Kathy. So Southeast Health Center Edition was designed also by BOA. Uh, this is a new two-story building from the, from the ground up. The beauty of a new building is that we are not constrained by the shape 
the size and the infrastructure of the existing building. We can be faithful to DBH vision of the integrated and collaborative team-based care model. Uh, you can see in this slide, we, are, we have started the foundation work. And for your reference, the existing uh, Southeast Health Center is to the left. The, the photo on the left shows the first column was to be set. And the photo on the right shows the rebar of the first, first floor slab. The photo on the left shows the team-based care model between the exam rooms. It is filled with natural daylight coming from the skylight above, from the art glass uh, wall on, the, on one end and from the clear glass uh, wall from the other side. The photo on the right shows the decking of the roof. Uh, it's not only uh, support of the mechanical units, which uh, is scheduled uh, for next week. So things are moving fast. Uh, it also will support an array of PVs. Trenching for the underground utilities in the rear parking lot will complete soon. And we will be installing EV charging stations. And together with the PV on the roof, we will reduce energy consumption and make our environment better in spite of the global warming. The project is on schedule. The photo on the left shows the steel car, the steel structure is up. And the photo on the right shows the building exterior is being uh, insulated. The exterior curtain wall will be next. Kathy, back to you. Thank you, Ignatius. So the third and final clinic is Castro Mission Health Center that is located on 17th Street in the Castro. The clinic serves about 4,200 patients annually. Services include HIV treatment and prevention, behavioral health services, pharmacy, podiatry, nutrition, and access to resources for food, shelter, clothing, and transportation. The scope of renovations included seismically retrofitting the building, expanding clinical spaces, accessibility improvements, and upgrading fire life safety systems. The total project budget is 14.5 million. Similar to the other benefits that we are achieving on the other clinics, it improves clinic workflow. It will be, we will get 12 new exam rooms that provide more room to accommodate our patients and their families. Again, new group therapy spaces and updated facilities for staff. These photos show the uh, reception waiting room updates, as well as the new facade on the building. Next slide, please. Back to you, Ignatius. Castro Mission Health Center was designed by MEI uh, Architects. Uh, when uh, BOA um, doesn't have enough um, capacity, we often uh, team up with our outside consultants. Uh, we partner with a number of architects uh, in, in San Francisco, and this is one of them. Uh, this is a complete exterior and interior renovation. Uh, the building was uh, vacated uh, and the clinic was temporarily moved to CSFG campus. The photo on the left shows the exterior wall is being getting ready to receive Shot Creek to make it part of the, uh, as part of the seismic strengthening. 
the photo on the right uh, is the transformation of the concrete block wall into the seismic uh, shear wall. The photo uh, on the right shows hazmat containment, and the photo on the in the middle shows the uh, seating work. The photo on the left shows the building interior prior to becoming the team-based care model space. The photo on the left shows new electrical work and, and data. Uh, the photo on the right shows new mechanical ductwork. There are many lessons learned from these three projects, such as conducting a conduct a an in-depth investigation of the existing building conditions and its infrastructure. That includes verifying the capacity of the existing utilities before we decide to keep the existing ductwork, we should pressure test them. We should also analyze the constructability of the design uh, prior to put it on paper. Uh, we also need to anticipate and plan for delays uh, and scope creeps because they always happen uh, because we don't know every uh, situation. Uh, and most importantly, uh, we need to make sure that we have temporary facilities for uh, the continuous care of our patient. Joe will take this uh, presentation home by talking about the uh, up and coming uh, neighborhood uh, health clinics. Joe? Okay, thank you, Amishas. Thank you. Let me wrap up today's conversations by spending a few minutes to talk about the future of community health centers. As part of the city's 10 year capital plan, DPH is working closely with city leadership on a proposed 2023 bond program. Projects that are currently proposed for this bond program include the Chinatown Public Health Center and Silver Avenue Family Health Center. I am particularly biased toward the Chinatown Public Health Center just because I still remember my parents taking me to this clinic to get my shots growing up in San Francisco. Renovation to this clinic is well overdue. As Ignatius had discussed earlier, Public Works involvement on these three recent health centers are allowing us to collect lessons learned and best practices that will be implemented for the projects in the future bond program. Some of these concepts include performing an early seismic evaluation of the building structure in advance of starting design by seeking either pre-bond funding or performing the analysis as part of another bond program. For example, we have already completed the seismic assessment for Chinatown Public Health Center, Silver Avenue, as well as a few other community health centers as part of the 2016 PHS program. This approach will allow the design team to hit the ground running during the early conceptual design phase in terms of establishing the basis of design and final outcome. The team is also adding electrification and air conditioning scopes to the building as part of the basis of design for all future health centers. The objective to electrify all public buildings is driven by the city's desire to transition to cleaner and more sustainable energy sources such as solar power and to exclude all natural gas sources. The city's determination to achieve this objective was codified in the passing of an ordinance in 2020 to require all new construction and major renovation to exclude natural gas as an energy source on all public buildings. The project team was approached by city leadership to consider adding electrification to the Maxine Hall, Castro Mission, and Southeast Health Center projects in 2019 when this ordinance was still being developed. But our projects were already in construction, permitting, and late phases of design, and to add this scope so late in the process will cause significant delays on schedule 
and budget impacts. The ongoing global climate change is also driving the need to include air conditioning in the health centers in order to ensure that the health centers can be functional even during severe hot weather days, which we have been experiencing more frequently in the past few years. Another important lesson learned is that all project scope and budget must consider enabling projects as part of the base scope. And what do I mean by enabling projects? For example, one important aspect unique to health center is that even during major, during major renovations, DPH must consider, must consider alternative options to providing a means to main, maintain clinical services to the community during construction. One option, which is probably not the best option, is to phase the project and to have the clinical operations stay in the building during construction. We have learned that this option comes with a lot of challenges and potential delays due to noise, vibration, power disruptions, logistics planning, et cetera, that will negatively impact the delivery of care to patients, as well as the impact to the contractor's sequence of work. For example, in Maxine Hall, the project team went through a lot of heroics and overcame a lot of challenges to procure and utilize mobile trailers to create a temporary clinic at the Ella Hill Hutch Community Center Parklet. Challenges include finding a suitable site for the temporary clinic that is close to the existing clinic that it serves, permitting for the new clinic, and construction and implementation of the temporary clinic itself. For Castro Mission, we were much more fortunate as we were able to move the Castro Mission Clinic to the vacated old urgent care space on the ZSFG campus with some modest renovation. With support from city leadership and San Francisco residents on the proposed 2023 bond program, all these ideas will be put to use on, Chinatown Public Health, on the Chinatown Public Health Center project and all other clinics as well. At this point, that concludes our presentation today. And then we turn it back to Ben for a Q&A portion. Thank you. Thank you, Joe. And uh, thanks to the rest of our presenters as well for giving us the rundown on these really crucial projects. Um, we're gonna start with our Q and A uh, portion of the webinar right now. Uh, so if you have a question and you have not uh, gotten the chance to ask it yet, you can submit it uh, just through the chat or the Q and A button at the bottom of your screen there. Um, our first question, um, I guess it's kind of like an open-ended one that um, anyone could kind of uh, could answer. Um, we're just, uh, wondering like, what were some of the setbacks, um, if any, that have been uh, due uh, to the COVID-19 pandemic, whether it be um, in the design process of new uh, new clinics or the construction process or um, the operation of, of existing um, health centers? Why don't I jump in? I can speak a little bit more on the uh, construction side and how COVID-19 during this past 18 months has been uh, impacting our projects. Uh, I think in general, you know, when the first ordinance was approved or issued by the mayor, uh, there were some confusion in terms of, you know, what projects were allowed to continue. Uh, but I think, you know, with the CM team, the city and all the other uh, resources, we're able to quickly sort through that and, and work continued because all public works projects were deemed to be essential. So there was really minimal impact on the work itself. You know, obviously with some of the ordinances, there has been discussions from, you know, a lot of new requirements that were implemented due to the health ordinance. For example, the need to uh, routinely, regularly clean the public spaces used by contractors, you know, making sure there's health checks uh, for all the workers, uh, more documentation. Uh, so we are seeing some, some costs that contracts have submitted uh, for COVID related impacts. May, may I jump into um, yeah, sure thing. the COVID 
2019 really had uh, put a, a stop on uh, on the uh, supply chain. Uh, so a lot of uh, equipment uh, that we thought uh, will be coming were delayed uh, quite a bit. Um, and so it really impacts on the schedule uh, to get our project done. And it also increased some cost uh, because we have to uh, substitute uh, products that are not available anymore uh, to products that are more um, uh, more available, they, they're not off the shelf. So uh, there are challenges uh, in that way too. I think from the end user perspective or stakeholders, it's just the disappointment that there are delays in completing construction and getting back into their home clinics. But um, they understand that and it's been fortunate that, you know, in some respects, some of the utilization has been down at their makeshift sites, which has helped um, for them to be able to deliver services, continuing the delivery services during this time. All right, thank you three. Um, as, as was the case with basically everything else, it seems like COVID has had a pretty pretty uh, significant impact. Um, but uh, this next question, I guess might be best suited for Kathy or, or maybe Joe. Um, when designing um, a, a new health clinic or uh, rebuilding one, um, how do you factor in um, the specific needs of the de demographics of the neighborhoods that uh, the health clinics will be in? Do you, uh, do you look at you know, age demographics or anything like that for um, you know, some, any sort of like design inspiration or um, figuring out which kind of programming to include at a health center? Well, why don't I start? <laughs> so you know, each of the clinics, we've tried to obviously model a certain type of style in terms of the collaborative style and the way we want to be able to do this on-stage, off-stage design. And as you know, uh, Ignatius alluded to, it was much easier to do that on a greenfield-type project like Southeast Health Center, whereas we've had to bend ourselves and contort ourselves a little bit at Castro and Maxine you know, to come up with that. But um, generally speaking, each clinic does also have a bit of its own personality, right? Mm -hmm. And so that's reflected in any kind of specific uh, adjustments or um, accommodations that we're able to make, you know, for the types of services that have historically been delivered at the clinics. But the clinics have a lot of similarities. So there wasn't a lot of that. Mm -hmm. I think at Southeast Health Center, we had the opportunity to uh, really try to embrace uh, their relationship with the community by being able to create a multi-purpose room, very large space that will be shared with the community partners that will allow the clinic to do large ed health education classes, but as well as allowing community organizations to come in and use that space in partnership with the clinic. Great. Um, thank you, Kathy. Um, did anyone else have anything to uh, add in there or we got a couple more questions if we want to move on? Well, I think like um, the, the uh, Maxine Hall, uh, we employ a local famous artist, uh, Win Eng, and use his design uh, to uh, to exp and express it in the in the in the exterior of our building uh, mm -hmm. to really honor you know, our local residents. Uh, each clinic takes on uh, uh, the neighborhood that they serve. So uh, we do have a more uh, um, consistent um, 
way of caring for our patient in terms of the team care, uh, team-based design, but that is, um, you know, is not uh, take us from uh, considering uh, the the patients who uh, who we serve in all these different neighborhoods. Great, thank you. Um, that actually kind of transitions perfectly to the next question. Um, it was actually about um, the murals at Maxine Hall, and I'm uh, wondering if there are other types of like public art, whether it be murals or uh, statues or sculptures or anything um, at the, the other health centers that we're renovating or, or uh, planning on building. Yeah, maybe I could jump into that. Um, for the Southeast Health Center edition, uh, we have several artists uh, providing uh, artwork uh, in our building. Uh, in the lobby of the new Southeast Health Center edition, we have a, a beautiful tapestry uh, that a local artist uh, is uh, weaving uh, and, and it will be displayed. And my understanding of the weaving uh, concept is to really bring all the people together. Uh, and so we knit it together as a, you know, patients and providers uh, into one. Uh, and so it's a beautiful, symbolism and, and, and it will be very iconic. Uh, we have uh, uh, two, uh, an, another artist who's gonna create this uh, glass uh, wall uh, that I had mentioned in the team room uh, on the second floor. Uh, they they, they you know, uh, take on you know, the nature aspect of it. Uh, they would provide uh, a light into the the into this team space, but they also identify the, the different parts. So when patient uh, needs to go to one area, they would rec they would say, go to this. Uh, let's just say the, the birds. So it's a wayfinding. It's a landmark uh, a, a way of making it more easy and simple for patients to navigate in our buildings. Great. Um, thank you, Ignatius. Uh, we have a, a few more questions in a couple more minutes here. Um, this next one uh, might be best for Joe, um, I think. <laughs> um, Kathy, <laughs> uh, in her portion of the, the presentation, uh, discussed the 3P process um, of planning and uh, designing uh, health clinics. Uh, but I was wondering if we employ any similar kind of strategies or like those types of frameworks um, to when we design um, other types of buildings, whether it's like a firehouse or um, a full hospital or school. Um, are, there, are there other instances where we use that same kind of um, strategy and planning technique? Um, great question. Um, I think 3P, you know, the, the, the concept of 3P comes from lean construction, which, which has been around for a long time. It, it, it goes, dates back to the, the Toyota uh, manufacturing process to eliminate waste. So, you know, maybe, you know, some of the other projects may not undergo a rigorous 3P process as DPH, but I think a lot of projects are adopting that approach in terms of, you know, really the end product is needs to be focused on the take stakeholders or customers. Uh, in this case is making sure, instead of designing a space for the stakeholders or the end users, you kind of flip it around and say, you know, end users, we wanna make sure we understand what your workflow is and now let's design the space to fit what your needs are. So it, it, it can apply to, I think, any building, anything you do, just like if you were to undergo just even a simple, uh, you know, house renovation for your own, 
for your for yourself, you know, taking that same process makes a lot of sense because you really want to, especially you have a clean slate that you can start with, that you can really mold a design to what most efficient for your type of work and, and what you need to deliver, um, uh, you know, for yourself or for the client. I think for us, for the clinic projects, we really have the opportunity to, to use the process correctly. You really should do 3P work prior to initiating design. So the department, particularly at Zuckerberg, when we were doing the rebuild of the hospital, we were already in our lean journey. So the department has really much, very much embraced the concept of lean work. So it's not really the construction piece that we did, but it's just process, how we do work, you know, how does our work flow? So we did a, we did a number of 3P efforts in, in the reverse. It should have been done before design, but we um, basically employed 3Ps uh, to figure out how we should re restructure operations to fit the new hospital building. So it was kind of done backwards at Zuckerberg, but with the clinics, we really understood, well, that should have been done first. So that was the very first piece. And 3P is also a very extensive, time-consuming, resource-driven kind of thing. When you saw the picture of the 20 plus people that were involved, everybody in that picture was there every day for a week. So you really need to make the commitment to the process. People are very like, oh, this is awful. We don't want to really be here. By the second day, they really get it. We do a lot of really kind of weird ways of approaching, you know, string diagrams, kind of under trying to understanding how flow works or doesn't work. And um, it's a very, it's a really good process to really understand. And I think the product that is coming out of this is really good. We also had done a lot of research of what other clinics were doing across the country. And it was all also based upon work that they had done with 3P. So the Veterans Administration had adopted a whole uh, book or process for all their future clinics. So that was a real, that really helped us a lot, but we also had to go through our own journey to see whether that worked for us. So, but I highly recommend it and we would, you know, we would not do it again. So uh, a project, we would not want to do another project without first employing the 3P effort if it's something new. So going into Chinatowns, many of the people, well, not many, but several of the people who were involved in that 3P process in 2016 were actually from Chinatown. So we tried to embrace not only the clinics that we were remodeling, but future, so that that future state could be embraced by all the clinics across our network. So it's really um, going to help us. We don't have to do a lot of redesign. We're not trying to recreate the wheel now, right? So. Um, and hopefully it'll be a smoother, more efficient, and faster process of design. So for um, BOA, you know, we, we do a lot of projects. So for instance, in this uh, 2016 uh, health and safety bond, we have a number of uh, five stations that we have to work on. Uh, we have a number of uh, uh, navigation centers uh, to work on at, uh, at the same time. So. Uh, we did not uh, do a formal three piece uh, as uh, DPH had done, but as a as a bureau uh, architects, uh, we spent a lot of time uh, working with our clients, with all the different fire station chief uh, to truly understand uh, how they operate, how they function, uh, and find some commonality. Uh, you know, if it is efficient for one. Uh, fire station, it should be able to apply to others. 
So we did our discussion with them. Um, and and the, the, the 3P, 3P process is really a great one. Uh, we, we don't only do it for building types. Uh, we in fact uh, have mockups. Uh, and Kathy knows that we are marking up uh, exam rooms to make sure that the exam room, the placement of all the equipment, uh, the exam tables, the lights, the computer, the pumps and you know, pressure uh, cups and all of those uh, uh, work out so that, that we know uh, uh, we could create a template that uh, we had uh, brought in uh, doctors and nurses uh, to come in and test it out. So uh, this is a great process that uh, BOA, uh, we, we totally embrace uh, and, and it is uh, a benefit to, uh, to all of our projects. Right, I think that's part of the simulation process that I spoke to briefly as part of the 3P. But it's also, I wanna make clear that our process that we used for the clinics was a facilitated guided process by consultants that had been working with the department for some time uh, with our lean journey, if you will. So um, I don't know that you can completely do it on your own. They, they are very savvy consultants that had, you know, tools that they employed to guide us through. And I don't think we would have been able to do it on our own. Great, well, really appreciate um, you guys' uh, willingness to field all those questions um, and running through um, the process, you know, the very detailed process of building and designing these neighborhood health clinics. It seems like the, the results that they yield are gonna be really great for all, a bunch of different communities throughout San Francisco. Um, I'd like to thank all three of you again, uh, Joe, Ignatius, and Kathy for, for taking the time to present for us today and all the preparation that it went into. You guys did an amazing job. Um, I wanna thank all of our attendees as well for joining us today. And um, we'll be holding the next installment of Snapshots Live next month on September 16th. Uh, be on the lookout for a update on the topic as well as the presenters for next month. That should be coming out uh, very shortly. And um, I'd like to thank you all again and have a nice afternoon.